Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. Uh, this is episode number 78, and joining me today is Suzanne Lachos. Very nice pronunciation on that. I like it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So for some quick foundational stuff on you, just to list out, um, per se, let's say like the hats you wear, the, I don't know how, I, I don't know how you define or describe yourself these days. But I will throw out some things. You can tell me with, if with it's accurate. With great stress. So on, let's say like on Instagram, it says film director. Mm-hmm. I also know that you also talk about being an editor a lot. Mm. And then there is the acting coach side mm-hmm. too. Yes. Am I missing anything important? Well, let's see. Uh, studio, studio owner and uh, producer, writer, director. You know that scene in Coming to America where they're where they're like dating ladies and I'm just they're gonna, going. I'm just going to correct your microphone holding here. Oh, okay. sorry. They're going. They're going. Uh, they're in the bar and they're 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 having all the different ladies come in and they're just having like fast cuts and the lady she's like, I'm a producer and a singer and an actress and a thing and whatever. And I always feel so silly saying that because I I always think of that scene. In, Coming to America. Well, anyway, never mind. Um, I've only seen that movie once, so it's... it's... Dude. Well, get on that. Uh, Watch that as soon as you get home. Um, Let's see. So, mostly I'm a director, um, but I guess I'd call myself a filmmaker because I I like to have my my hands in every aspect of it. And I'm independent, so I end up doing a lot of stuff by myself, but I really enjoy it, and I edit a lot. Um, So, editing and and through, through my filmmaking process... I decided that I was going to help actors learn how to act, but more of a technical way of uh, of acting. Most acting teachers in LA, they will they'll do the like conjure up your dead mother and feel bad about yourself and then go act. And I'm kind of like, mm, we can do that, but let's do the technical first. Like, let's hit your mark. Let's make sure you're in focus. Make sure like you're turned out to the camera, but not too much. Let's make sure you're not theatrical. Let's make sure you look like a real person. And uh, so I, I noticed in, in my own acting training, it just made me so theatrical and so big and so loud. And I was like, why am I not booking anything? And then I saw myself on camera and I was like, oh, because I'm just one of those wiggle things in front of car dealerships. You know, that's all I looked like. So anyway, I developed a system, more technical, uh, and people love it. We get the kids on camera, the kids. I have like an 80-year-old student. He's a kid. Anyway, we get them on camera. I show them what exactly they're doing in real time and it really helps it helps so much so we also shoot real here we make short films uh for the kids so that they can they can take these and put them into festivals and all that good stuff so we're also like a marketing firm for actors in a lot of ways but on the other side of that i have my own filmmaking aspirations and things that we're working on so lots of stuff i wear all the hats all the hats wonderful okay so you didn't specifically say this in there, but mm-hmm. cause, okay. So director, editor, filmmaker, general, general filmmaker, uh, descriptor. Yeah. Um, but all right. So you mentioned the acting side. Do you have an acting background? That's, I do. Yes, that's correct. Okay, that's. Yeah. I do. All right. I do. Directing. I was born in LA, and my parents were in the industry, yes, and so they insisted that I do acting and performing and singing and all of all of that and then I didn't like it very much and so then I started doing horses and I trained competitively with that and I also did water polo which was very strange but very good at it but I don't like it but anyway oh and then when I was in high school I started doing background work 
uh, for the movies. And then it kind of like all started up again. And I found that love for being on set. Uh, but yeah, I did the acting thing for a long time. Um, I really like it, but when I started editing and being behind the scenes, I was like, oh, this is the magic sauce. I love editing. I love putting the pieces together. I love working with actors. I love talking to them and, and working through the whole process. I think it's like, that's, that's what I really, really love. But I'm gonna be acting in a, in a film that um, we're producing uh, in a few months in Vegas. And so that'll be fun. It'll be the first time that I've acted in, in a few years on a thing, but uh, it should be fun. And I get to do it with Travis, so, you know, we like each other, so it'll be fine. Nice. Hopefully. Yeah, we have we have uh, <laughs> our Travis audience here. Hell yeah. Nice. He's the other part of LaChaw's studio. He built this with me. Lovely. So he's very important. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out where to start here. I know. I'm like, I'm like a restaurant that has a menu that's too large, and you're just like, I don't know. Do I want Mexican food? Do I want Chinese so food? Do I, I want crepes? What is it? Okay, so I'll think. Okay. The, uh, well, let's start where I don't get to talk about the actor prep side as oh. much on this, on this show. Like, I'm often talking about process, about the the crew side and, right. and prepping and shot listing and, and the directorial visions and all that kind of the writing but I don't get to talk about how actors prep or how to help actors prep potentially you know all mm. the I know you have you have a series on I know you're on TikTok and you're on Instagram and I just got on TikTok and you know what too. it's blowing up man it's, who knew? I've been avoiding going over to TikTok for so long just because I'm old-fashioned. I'm an old lady. I can barely, like, keep up with my messages on Facebook or whatever the hell. And it's, it's like, you know, it's not, it's not my world. I'm not, I'm not like, an internet, like, person. But I've, I've forced myself to do it. Oh, my God. They love it. I'm helping so many people. And it's, it's nice because you, you hit not just the L.A. people, but you hit, like, other countries and other yeah. places. And they're just like, oh, my God. Thank you so much. So... Really nice, really nice TikTok. Is it's a strange, it's a strange world though, very strange. Checking yeah, it all I, the time yeah, now. I think we jumped on essentially at the same time. Uh, I was developing some clips from the podcast, and mm -hmm. then I somehow yours. I don't know how yours came, or I don't know whatever. I saw yours too, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, cause, okay. So essentially, I'm just trying to say you have those bite size, mm -hmm. those bite size. Um, quick tips yes. for actors. That's what they like. Quick <laughs> tips. Quick tips. And the quick, helpful tips. So I was going to maybe, I was just going to pull, okay, context. Mm -hmm. I direct. Mm -hmm. And I started my path. <sighs> yeah. Let it all out. Let it all out. Open, uh, open it up. I thought I wanted to be an actor uh -huh. initially. And I did scene studies and I did a couple of theater plays. Mm -hmm. It was maybe like maybe a year and a half of uh, the pursuit of the acting side. Mm -hmm. And similar to how you described it, where I, I got to experience the behind the scenes stuff and actually enjoyed mm -hmm. that a lot more. I don't want to act in any capacity really. So, but I do credit like the accidental planning of if I'm going to direct, it is helpful to understand. Absolutely what mm -hmm. the actors you're directing are going through, how to communicate with them mm -hmm. and how to, uh, yeah, that whole collaboration is more helpful when you've been through it yourself. I think so. Mm -hmm. So it has been a little bit since that those initial foundations, that initial foundation was built for me. Mm -hmm. So since moving to Los Angeles, been here for four years now, Hell yeah. I almost, 
<laughs> I almost take for granted mm. actors showing up ready. Like, as a script supervisor, as a first AD, as a director, I just exp- I, I forget what the actors do to mm-hmm. prep for the role that they show up for. I'm just like, yeah, you're here. Great. I expect you to be at a certain level. You know everything. <laughs> I expect you to be at a certain level, but I, f- I've, I don't think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I want to be reminded of these things. So I'm hoping that we can talk about that stuff. Oh, my God. Well, what I I was just on set um, uh, helping out an actor, and I was amazed this always happens. You know, most actors, when they come to set in L.A., uh, it's it's very rare that they ever have a rehearsal with their scene partners. It's very rare that they even see the set before it's ready, you know. And so the preparation, you can only do so much at home by yourself. But what I love is a set where they, they provide the environment where you can really just sit down and just talk about the story. The story is the most important thing. And as a script supervisor, you know this. It's like the blocking and everything has to be so planned and so rehearsed so that everything just moves, you know, more smoothly. And actors in LA, they're not really taught to break down scripts quickly or well at all. And we've got cold reading classes and, you know, all these memorization techniques and all this stuff. And it just ends up hurting them more because then you get those cemented line readings and they sound like actors and they go up at the end of every line and they sound like actors and it's like oh no you're just not thinking about the right things and uh well anyway here here at lacha studio um we have a huge huge respect for the lines the story all of it and we use the lines to map out your performance so that when you do get on set and there is no rehearsal you're completely prepared as much as you could be that's why i love theater so much because Everybody comes to the rehearsal. Everybody knows everybody's part. They, they obsess about it and they talk about it and they analyze it. And that is kind of missing from the, the modern film acting training in LA. And it's kind of sad. But if you're, if you're an editor, if you're a director, if you're a writer, if you're any of those behind the scenes things, it's very obvious that the script is so important. Um, but a lot of acting teachers are just like, go explore the room. Go be bacon sizzling on a pan. Go do something explosive. And that just doesn't look good on camera ever. Um, And we got a lot of hands going back and forth and swaying and all this stuff. Um, But what I would suggest for all actors, when you get your sides, just obsess about it. Just do your homework. Just go through it. But also, nobody's teaching text analysis, which is horrible. Um, But these are theater techniques and stuff. And I, I just don't think that acting teachers really want to go too in depth with stuff because it's hard and you're depending on people doing homework and I don't think they really want to do that. They just want to go up there and improv a scene and feel really good about themselves and so when they do get on set they have a very skewed idea of what it's going to be like and then they get yelled at and then it's like oh well I'm not going to do anything and then they're brilliant you know they just stand on their mark and they just do what it is and so that's very nice to see. But it's it's hard to get them there uh, if they're if they're stuck to a way of doing something. So I, I quite like actors who are malleable. You know, it's like, oh, I'm in this situation. Okay, I can do that. You know, they don't they don't have fear about things. So did I answer your question? Was it a question? Uh, I don't know. It's sort of just like a general I'm statement. Thinking, I'm thinking about how, <clears throat> yeah, malleable. Yes, mm-hmm. because you don't. You're describing the scenario in which an actor shows up to set, not having seen the set, not having worked with the... Because let's say on the indie level, 
there's no budget really for if you're doing any sort of prep it's usually on your time yes. and you're you're maybe hitting up the other actor on instagram or you're trying to make that connection before to i don't know i don't know mm-hmm. what actors do <laughs> Well, it's like, it's really hard. And if you're in a scene with kind of like a, a celebrity or something, you're not going to talk to them before it, you know, hopefully, hopefully that celebrity is is legit and wants to actually do some work with you and be cool and come to my trailer and let's talk about the scene, you know, or let's have a phone call the day before and let's talk about the scene. But I think those talks are so important and the talks don't happen as often as I would like them to. So, yeah. So how do you feel about you mentioned the talks between actors. Mm-hmm. Now, the other element is the director. 100%. Let's, so uh, directors have all sorts of different, um, what do we call it? So I was going to say strategies, but uh, actor, directors have a lot of different ways that they mm-hmm. work with their actors. I'll just say, Brian, the word's not coming to me. Oh, but. no, it's totally right. Like like a Sidney Lumet uh, network. Um, he... he like rented out a like a hotel conference room for months and he had everybody come and just do rehearsals and they just ran it like a play and they were dogmatic about it and he was there with his hands you know every look every point of focus everything was all planned and you've got like a great writer like Patty Chayefsky with the script and he wanted the words exactly the way that they were supposed to be which is so funny because in a lot of acting classes they're like the lines don't matter throw it all away. And they say that to a newer actor without the context of an entire career to like take on that information and be like, I know what you mean. But a lot of actors don't know what that means. They just think, oh, let me throw a plate out the window and let me just like rip up my script and take off my shirt and just be theatrical. And no, no. The reason why network is so good is because they had that rehearsal process and the director was there talking to them, making sure that they knew exactly what they were doing. And they all had one idea in mind and they were all racing towards it and I love that some actors are just like oh this is one I hear a lot in acting class like how to win the scene you ever hear that in your acting classes or like oh Bob really won the scene that time no you know you didn't experience is that, that um I'm, I'm trying like I, in acting classes yeah I'm trying to think I'm, I'm trying to guess what that means so don't don't, 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 don't. so does that mean I'm thinking about the script is what I'm, because mm-hmm. everybody has their objective in the scene. And yes. when the scene ends, you want to know who's, who, which character left having their objective completed and the other person's left. Oh, with. that's a great way to think is, about is it. That... That's, a, that's a nice logical interpretation. But what I see usually, it just breeds a narcissistic kind of ego-driven performance because then it's like you're trying to compete with your scene partner like outperform like, exactly like exactly exactly and to me that's just very theatrical and that's that's just trying to create a spectacle on stage in your acting class for the the other people that are there when in actuality you guys really just have to be a partnership and obsess about the goal and even if let's say one one character is like the hero and the other one is the the villain it's like i feel like you guys should still behind the scenes be a partnership and not allow yourselves to be like, well, I'm not going to sit next to Bob at lunch because, like, I hate him in this scene, and so I'm going to, like, you know, fuck with him or whatever, and I think that's silly. Um, But, yeah, there are a lot of different directing techniques. Uh, The movie I was just on, helping my actor, um, thank God I was there. Thank God I was there because the director had very little to say to uh, my actor. And uh, that's always kind of weird when I'm when I'm helping an actor on set and there is a director and all that stuff. 
because I'm kind of like a little fly on the wall and I don't want to like step on people's toes and stuff. But I was finding that I was pulling my actor aside a lot and just being like, okay, let's let's talk about this scene. Let's really dig in because now they've shown you what the blocking is. They they've told you what they want you to do. You ran it once and now you're getting mic'd up. Let's let's talk about it. And in that very short period of time, it's like, what are we talking about? The tactics. What do you want? What's your objective? What are the obstacles? What's what's internally like holding you back from getting what you want? What's your what's your purpose in this scene? What the hell is the story about? You know, like all of these things need to be talked about. And when you're on set and they're just going so fast, a lot of directors just don't have time because they're already doing so many things. They don't they don't want to talk to the actor. It's like there's this thing of like you're an actor, do what you do. You're a professional, just do it. But you miss out on that magic sauce of of really like getting in there and talking about it and, and absorbing it. And you know, it just doesn't happen that often. Everything's so quick these days. Quick, fast. You know? Yeah, no, that I just came off of um I was on set recently where the director had more of a cinematographer background. So a lot of his focus was on the technical was on yeah, the technical mm -hmm. lighting and the composition and the camera move and Yeah. And it would just be like, All right, let's go again. All right, one more. Okay, one more. All right, mm -hmm. one more. But there was never any direction given to the actor. It was yeah. always like a camera note or a rack focus pull or mm -hmm. a, so the actors are just there hearing one more over and over And that again. can work sometimes, you know, especially if you have a good editor and great sound design. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like that uh, like that Hitchcock uh, example. I guess it was Hitchcock. But they, they showed the, the same image of a man. And it was just the same image, uh, video, and uh, video. <laughs> and uh, they showed him, and then they showed, like, a, a picture of a naked woman. And then they cut back to the guy. And then it was like, oh, he's like lusting over this naked woman and then same same shot of the guy then they cut to cake then they cut back to the guy and it's like ooh, he really wants that cake and then they have the same thing of the guy and then they cut to a dead child and then they cut back to the guy and they're like ooh, he's so sad he's so sad but it's like the audience will believe what you show them depending on what they've seen before and what they're going to see after i can make an audience feel however i want and sometimes I just need the actor to like stand on their mark and just look over there when I say, you know, just give me a point of focus. Just have your eyeballs just go over there and sound design and all that. I can make an audience cry with just a point of focus and you don't have to be thinking about anything. And I think that's what a lot of actors are having a hard time dealing with because acting training has been seen as this very like existential crisis you got to like brew up some like dark secrets and things and you really just have to torture yourself and I, I realized through editing is is like I don't really know what the hell you guys are thinking about it just I use sometimes I use stuff when they're not even rolling you know it's like they haven't they haven't called action yet and I'm just like that was a good look when he like looked over at somebody like crashing into something now I'm gonna use that hell yeah so when I when I see myself doing things like that it kind of takes the you know, the mystery of this, this the craft and the art and all of this stuff. And it's like, well, just look over there, please. You know, so it can be very technical, but we also get deep, too. Well, yeah, because you... We, <laughs> we get deep, too. Yeah, that's... Yeah, some, but some scenes are very technical and some are more... Yeah, some scenes are deeper than others. Absolutely. So. Like the scene in... I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off. Um, the scene in... Uh, what's it called? What's it called? Oh, that really good one. Won the Oscars. The Schindler's List. Everybody loves Schindler's List. 
Uh, there's a scene in there where Liam Neeson is, uh, the camera's, the camera's coming around like this, and he's just, he's got a cigarette like this, and the Nazis are coming in, or whoever's coming in, somebody bad, and, uh, he tells the story that Spielberg was behind the camera, and he's like, all right, look over there, take a drag, and put your hand down, no, 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 one more time, here we go, and it was, like, very technical, and Liam Neeson describes it as, as feeling like a puppet, he felt, I'm not, I'm not an actor at all, I'm not doing anything, he's just telling me what to do, but they all got Oscars for it. It's one of the best movies, you know, ever made, all of this stuff. And there's a great example of just doing something extremely technical and feeling so bad about yourself as an actor and just like, oh, this isn't working. And then watching it, and it's like, it works. It works so well. Well, let me, well, let me, let me ask. Yeah. So, so the direction is technical, but mm -hmm. the actor is still expected to bring some sort of emotion to it. If he was literally just doing the thing and... Well, that's what? the point of the story is that he wasn't thinking anything. He was just thinking, wow, Spielberg is not like a very good, like he's not understanding what I'm going through as an actor right now. Like what's my motivation? And it's like, no, somebody comes in, look, do the drag and da da da, and then we're going to cut. And it's like, I love that. I love that so much because it takes the mystery away. It's, it, 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 it turns in this like super, super precious like craft and it just turns it on its head. And it's like, no, we don't need to be so precious about it. Now, in the scenes where he's, you know, having an actual scene with another partner, he knocks it out of the park 100%. That's when, that's when I would like you to do all of your, your inner work and all of that stuff. When you're with a real person, when you're with your partner and you're putting all your focus on them, that's the magic sauce. That's when it's appropriate. But yeah, if I just, if I have the Nazi coming in and I need Schindler to like lift his head up, I don't really care if he's like, oh, I'm scared. Or what am I going to? No, like I'll let you know what you're going to feel with the sound design and the music and the situation that's happening right afterwards. It's very simple. Just look at the fucking door. You know, we don't need to, we don't need to like conjure up your dead mother or anything from sure, that. It's sure. just, you know, but I think like a, a lot of actors, they want to be doing something. They want to like feel like they're, they're, I don't know. It's just, it's not, it's not, acting's not that hard, you guys. It's not. Right, but the, the, the fun part. I the mean, fun part. Is Fun part. I hope it's edited. Is it you know, collab? like for me as an editor, I'm just like, oh, look at this actor having so much fun. No, Doesn't really help in, me. In the in the moment, uh -huh. being included and collaborated with is is a is semi expectation built. No, or what's the what's your question? As an actor, mm -hmm. when you when you are finally cast in a role, yes. you know these. You know, it's it's what we all want as an actor. Just put me in something, cast me. And then once I get cast, I'm like, okay, great. I can finally, I have all this training. I want to have this back and forth with the director. I want to have this back and forth with my with my scene partners. Mm -hmm. But if those opportunities don't come up and it's just like, oh, well, I'm here and I'm just being, like if, if those, if those are, like you said, if, the, if the, your scene partner's famous and you never have that chance. They, mm -hmm. they don't give that time in, and the director doesn't care whatsoever about your specific character's performance. Mm -hmm. Then you kind of, it feels a little bit like a hollow experience. 100%. Or, I mean, you should never really feel totally comfortable on set. There should always be, seriously, as an actor, you don't get a big head, don't get an ego. You should be shitting on yourself at all times. I'm worthless. <laughs> Nobody likes me. And then that's that's where, because then you stop trying to impress people because that's the worst thing that I can see as an editor because then, you know, the eyeballs. I can see that you're not thinking about the story. And 
what I would love for all actors to know is just how to break down a script. A lot of, a lot of actors don't even know how to find a beat you know, in their script or where to write things or, or how to chop it up. They, they, don't, they don't understand the process. They haven't been taught. So when, they, when they're breaking down their script, they're just reading it over and over and over and over again. Or some actors are like, let me just memorize my lines. Where's, where's my name? Let me highlight it. I'm going to read that line, your line, your line, then my line. And uh, terrible, terrible. So my advice for all actors, if you're, if you're working on set and you know that there's not going to be rehearsal or they haven't talked about it, just obsess about your script. Break it down. There's so many uh, videos online and resources and things about text analysis, script analysis, how to really like go into your scenes. And also you can go to my YouTube and I have a whole video about it. Um, but doing that, it is the most prepared that you can be in an unpreparable situation, if that makes sense. So that when you do get on set, you know that scene so well that you know how far to go too far with, you know, your malleableness, with your, with your, with your actions, with your blocking. And, and the second they get on set, they're going to be put into a little cage, not a real cage, um, but like the confines, you know, you can't walk past here. You can't go over here. This is your seat that you will sit down on that line. And when you know the scene so well, you can take on all of those technicalities and, and live with them and also remember your lines. But what happens a lot of the time when you do the, the memorizing, just reading it over and over again, you're barely holding on to it in your mind so that when the director's like, oh, actually, I want you to sit down on that line. Actually, I want you to like get up and then like walk over here and then say your line. They're like, oh, God, I can't even remember my line. Oh, no, what's my name? And so knowing the story so well is the only way that you can really, really prepare for that. Um, but yeah, don't expect any rehearsal. Don't expect anyone to hold your hand on set. I mean, obviously, we, we all want to collaborate with each other and, and get along, and it's, you know, a party and all that stuff. But it is so serious, and you miss one little thing, and it's like, well, now you got to do pickups. Months later, when your hair's different, you've gained 10 pounds, and now everybody's upset with you. It's, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff to think about. So, you know, an actor prepares. <laughs> Uh, is there an ideal situation, is there an ideal <clears throat> environment for an actor to show up into, is there an ideal environment as a director mm. to establish for your actor, what do, what do you, how do you normally prep and what's your, because I know you I start with food, get them to the crafty table first, uh, you, they're going to have all their crap with them, everything, take them set up their stuff, make them comfortable, bring them into the fold, introduce them to everybody. I mean, this is what I like to do, you know, like we're all a family. Uh, nobody's more important than anybody else. You know, we all wear many hats. If something needs to be picked up, I'm not going to ask the PA to do it. I'm going to be like, I'm picking this up, you know. Uh, there's no there's no kind of hierarchy and all that shit. So I, I want to just build rapport as quickly as possible. And also, this is so that the actor knows you're not going to be a big shot here. You know, there's no egos here. If you think like, oh, I'm a big actor or like whatever. It's like, no, we're just trying to get a thing made. That's it. Um, but I think too much emphasis is put on, like, the actor. The actor's so important. Yeah, you are. You are. But you're only important if you're good and you don't piss me off, you know. And once you start having problems. Like, I was working with an, with an actor a few months ago. And I asked him to um, improvise the, the scenario instead of reading the text. I was like, okay, we have that. We have that. Now let's improvise. In your own words, let's just get 
an improv take. And oh my God, deer in headlights. It was like, oh my God. And he was like, I need to take a moment. And he left and like didn't come back for a while. And I was like, hey, are you okay? Do you like whatever? And he came up to me and he's like, you know what? I just don't feel comfortable improvising. I don't. And I'm like, you don't know how to be a person. Like, you know, and so I had to work with him and I was like, let's just hit the beats. What do you need to communicate in this scene? What's the scene about? And being able to work him through that. I mean, it worked out fine. It was great. But it it's very strange when an actor comes to you with an issue that's like, that's your job is to just be thrown in the shark tank and make it work, you know, at, at all cost. But he had no imagination. Like he he had a he had a cap on his imagination. And so that was that was frustrating. But we talked about it. We worked it through and it was fine. But yeah, I'd start with food because uh, you know, it's like when you get home, you want to tinkle, you want to go potty potty, you want to like make it your space. So I would get all that stuff out of the way. Make sure they're pottied, make sure they're watered, make sure they have food. And then, then you start doing your scene work. We sit down with the other partner. We just talk about the script. We talk about the beats. We talk about, okay, we're going to cut here, and then we're just going to do this section, and then we're going to switch around, and we're going to do this. And I just make sure that everybody knows all the technical so that they can be completely prepared. But rehearsal is the most important thing, and then we run it as many times as we can to make sure. And that's not just for the actors, but it's also for the camera crew and light and everything. So we're, we're looking at all of those things. Um, but it's great that I have people who can, who can run that while I'm talking to the actors. But I also know my shit with the camera so I can be like, you, you're not doing your job. Hold on a second. And then I can like run over there and, you know, put out little fires here and there. I'm just a fireman, actually, you know, sure. on set. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the sooner you get talking about the story and the script and, and making sure that everybody knows what they're doing and then replicate that over and over and over again as many times as you can. But on set, you don't have time all the time. Uh, but... What I would suggest is having rehearsals prior to shooting, which very rarely ever happens. But yeah, get your people together and rehearse. And ideally, in the space you're going to be shooting, right? That's or just I mean, or just sometimes it doesn't work out. Like let's say let's say if you get a location and like that's the location for that day, and you've you've gotten your permit and you've gotten your money together and everything, and it's like Thursday's the day. I can't go Tuesday to that location and right, right. do stuff. So. Yeah. You know, oh, what was that one movie with Nicole Kidman and that other guy? And they, what was uh, it? AMC. No. Oh, I, she's doing such a good job. I just love seeing her up there. Anyway, uh, it was a movie and it was, there was no set. There was no set whatsoever. It was like Dogtown or Town Goes Town. Well, anyway, the look big, it up. I'm uh, thinking of the, of the big, big flood movie with, uh, with, with Spider-Man actor in there, but. Was she in that one? Or I'm thinking of something. No, that's the other, that's the other guy. Spider-Man. Which Spider-Man? Never mind. Tobey Maguire. No, the other one. Love his the mouth. New one, the new one. He has such a great mouth, Tobey Maguire. Mm. Anyway, go ahead. I, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I went somewhere. Okay, so what I was thinking about was, <clears throat> you mentioned as the director running through the scene with, with the cast prior, so the crew can watch what's going on, everybody has an idea of what's happening, and you can kind of massage out in the space with the actors and figure out where everybody's moving, mm -hmm. where you're saying the lines. Now, this is kind of preference. Like I said, directors have different approaches, but is that the ideal scenario for the actor? Or how, how? A lot of times directors will pre-diagram their whole their whole top-down views on like on this line the actor is going to be at the mirror and they're going to say this and then, then they're going to go to the bed and sit down and say this mm 
and then the actor shows up and it's expected to like there's the two different ways is you can block with the actor it's a, the block light shoot method right you block it out and you kind of you should have an idea as a director how you're going to shoot it regardless but there may be the DP's watching, they can figure out, all right, well, now that we know what's happening, these are the angles I think would be most interesting. You and the DP talk about all that. Mm. But so there's the there's the flexible method and there's the more rigid, we need these specific shots and I need you on these marks for all this stuff. How, how does one balance that as a director, I guess, is almost the thing. And how does an actor be ready for, uh, they don't know which, which method they're going to be gonna be jumping into really well the method that i always go to and as an editor and and the person most of the time putting everything together is is the story the story is the most important thing and you hire people and bring people in that you feel can make that story the story that you want you know you're you're trying to make uh, a movie a commercial a whatever but there's always a story and you have to remember the audience the audience they're the most important right because they're going to watch your they're going to watch your thing and i think you need to be specific about are you acting because it's therapy for you and you need to act and like have an existential crisis on stage to like feel good about yourself or are you an assistant storyteller telling a story and working with a crew to make it the best that it can. Um, I, there's lots of different types of actors. And I think that if you want to have an existential crisis, then you should do theater. Because in theater, you can run around the stage. You can, you can do whatever you want. You're seen from head to toe at all times, along with everything else on stage. And, you know, you're, you're going to tell the audience what's important. On camera, I have to show what is important with every frame, with every cut, and sometimes I just need actors to do those very technical things, like take the cigarette and look over there. But in scene work, when they're doing like a big scene, like the big dramatic scene or whatever, I think it's really important to let the actors do a take and just see what they they have, whatever it is, without any any anything from me. Let's just let's run it once. What do you have? Let me see. And then in that, I can be like, well, that sucks. Let's just do what I was going to do. Um, or I like what he did on that. Let's change it around. Just as the actors need to be malleable, I think that the filmmakers and everybody there need to be malleable as well. Because if inspiration is striking, you know, if lightning's hitting the set, you have to be ready for it and you got to pick it up and you got to be in focus. So it's really important for actors to train so much so that when they feel those high emotions coming, when they feel the big, the big thing going to happen, they're not out of focus. They're not hiding their eyes. They're not moving back and forth too much. They're not doing all of the things that would make capturing that performance impossible. So it's very, very important. Like when, uh, when you're on a baseball team, I've never played baseball, but um, when you go learn baseball, you, they run through the traditional, like, what do they call it? Oh, like the standard, the, 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 uh, you run through, what do you mean? Like, like when you hit the ball, you run the bases? Maybe baseball is a bad example. I don't know enough about I baseball. Don't, I, don't like, I don't like baseball. Uh, uh, Travis, what's it what, in baseball when you're practicing and you're doing like, what do you call that? You're practicing, you're like, or just like, anyway, you need to practice. Oh, the basics, the basics. Oh, good wow, Lord. I know. The basics. You practice the basics over and over and over and over again until it becomes habitual in you. It's like driving a car. Like when I first started driving a car, I was so 
I had no idea what I was doing. And now I can be like painting my nails, making a left turn, cutting somebody off, turning the radio up. And it's like, cause I'm so comfortable with my driving. And that's what I want actors to do. They're so comfortable. In their fundamentals. In their fundamentals, in the basics that when shit happens on set, like this, this actor, oh, they're really feeling it. They're getting there. They don't get too big all of the basics don't go out the window, which unfortunately sometimes they do. And it's like, well, that was a great take, but we didn't get any of it because you, you, were, you were off, you know, feeling inspired. So, you know, I, I teach them to be inspired, but also stay on your mark. Remember all the technical as well. You know, reconciling the technical and the emotional is what makes film acting possible. Write that down. That's great. Thank you. Uh, I recently watched a YouTube video. Mm. Christian Bale was doing his thing. He was like talking about all of the previous, you know, the classic, what Christian Bale talks about his previous roles video mm -hmm. for like whatever. Oh, cool, cool. Like Vanity Fair. Yeah, one of those. Uh -huh. And it opened up, they snipped one of the clips. And, you know, they always open up the YouTube video with the, with the, with the highlight reel and then they get into it. Mm -hmm. his, he was talking about how his prep, you know, Christian Bale gets, gets into his roles for sure. He says he doesn't show up to set unless he feels like he's got to get like super, super, super deep into character. And until he's comfortable with the idea of like showing up to set and the director saying, I don't even like this scene. Let's do something else and let's figure it out. Like do like you have to be able to throw out that scene out altogether and still be in character and still come up with. So well, yeah, it's Christian Bale. Holy shit. I mean, if, if we were, if Meryl Streep came in here and, and, and I was directing her and doing the scene and whatever and all, she's like, you know what, let's try something. I'd be like, we're trying something, everybody. We're trying something, right? Because those actors, they've been in it for so long. They're so trained. And they know story. They're so good at it. Yeah, most of them are producers and writers and they have their own production company. And most of the movies that they're doing are movies that they are producing. They found the material. They got the funding. They did the thing. Love actors like that because they're taking a control over their career. Now, the younger, you know, more inexperienced actors, they, they get what they get. And unless unless you've got the the acting chops, uh, no one's gonna like take a moment to to like fluff whatever you want to do. Um, but my type of directing is is yeah, if you if you have something and you want to try it, please, please, thank God, oh my God, because then they're creatively invested in the story, you know, and then that's so nice. Um, but some actors, you know, they're just like. Give me the lines. I'll read them. It'll be fine. And I like them too. You know, whatever works. But I edit, so I can, I can, I can turn dog shit into something beautiful. You know, it doesn't matter. I'm not worried about it. But yeah, if, I mean, if you get an actor who really knows their shit, oh my god, it's 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 Christmas. You all right? That's a good pop. Knee pop. Mm. I'm great. All right. I mean, I'm gonna pull up a couple of things from your snips. Your your clips. Oh, yes. All right. Um. So, okay, this is maybe an opportunity to do a slight elaboration because I know we could always just play the clip right now and then. Well, you Let's talk. Okay, because my specialty, of course, too, on when I'm not directing, I'm doing I'm script supervisor. Mm -hmm. Continuity. Love it. I love that you love continuity. Thank you. <laughs> I got so much shit for that. So many actors. They well. They love it, but then there's always the trolls or the haters, and yeah. they're like, "Continuity is the death of creation." And I was like, mm, "Well, you gotta, you gotta, it's, so. it's gotta cut, gotta 
got to cut. I mean, if it's just like something like this and you're not going to cut it and all that stuff, then yeah, I mean, we could do, you know, a dance right now and it would be fine or whatever. But, you know, if there's, if there's coverage and all that stuff, I mean, they just don't understand. But they don't teach that in acting classes, continuity, right? Throw the lines away. The lines don't matter. Just be free. All yeah, this shit. Yeah, no, I can definitely tell an experienced Ooh. actor from an inexperience just based on continuity alone. 100%. I'm like, oh, well, I don't even have to watch over. Like, I have to baby some actors with, all right, no, remember you. Because whenever you put a drink in an actor's hand or <laughs> or food on a plate mm-hmm. and then, like, take one, they're always sipping every other line. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, no, 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 hold up. Like, I need you to be hold conscious. Hold the sip. <laughs> hold it. You should be conscious of this because mm-hmm. uh, I don't think... Like, did you, do you know any, they, I have no idea what I just did. So I'm like, well, let's try to be, be a little bit more aware of that. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to match this later. And they, oh, they're, they're like, oh, oh, okay. Really? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> like these concepts don't even make sense because they're not talked about in uh, a normal acting class. Um, uh, but yeah, continuity. Oh my God. So important. But all of your movements should be put into your scene work. So when you're reading your scene, you'd be like, Oh, the line says she takes a drink here. Or maybe there's no direction in there. You just have to be like, oh, what would be a good response with my with my with a movement to communicate on this beat that something's happening or there's a change or that the, the story's being moved along further? And it's like, I will sit on this line, or I will take a sip of my drink on this line. But oh my God, in class when we do um a cup work having you know props to work with and stuff and being able to replicate your movements and be conscious about it but also not be conscious about it so that you can act um it's gotta look a natural air quotes it's nobody sips their water that much you know and then you find that that's just a nervous habit they're putting it into emotion uh that's why like like check off or or the those ones those ones like everything is so you always have to be doing something it's like no Please don't always be doing something because then me as the editor, I have to keep track of all of those little things. And I sure the the hell hope that you did the exact same thing on all the other takes and on the dirty and everything. I really, really hope. And they never know. Just like what you said. They have to come up to you and be like, what did I do? Where was I? Who was I? All this stuff. Anyway, it should be totally planned and then you can do it. And then on set, they can be like, we're going to change it. And you should be able to take that on and be like, I can do that. It shouldn't be so fear driven all of the time. So I, I find that a lot of actors have so much fear. They don't know what they're doing. They don't, where am I standing? Where am I doing this? All, where am I, who am I looking at? All of this stuff. And it's like, you should know exactly what your character wants, what you're going to do to get it, the obstacles in your way. So that when something weird happens in your scene, you always know where you are. Um, but who has time to break down a script? They don't make time. So uh, you have a statement regarding continuity where you say um, precision makes you look good on camera. So I know, like you use that as as encouragement of like, 100%. no, this is this is you're gonna. It pe- looks nice. Well, it looks nice, and the crew is also gonna love you too. Hundred percent. Like the, the you're yeah you're gonna be in focus, which makes camera happy which mm-hmm. makes the director happy whether mm-hmm. it's a whether it was the best performance or not you can kind of you can you can make the adjustments on that Absolutely. but if, if we can't see it at all Doesn't then matter. we're really upset and we're like man we're gonna really be here we're, we're gonna be here all day and uh, <laughs> i wish you, you and then you gotta do it again and then it's like just yeah and then you gotta get to the basics of all right we're just gonna forget walking into this just stand there <laughs> stand there just stand just stand and it. look 
But yeah, precision. Mm. Precision looks so good. Um, but also, also like there's a certain uh, physicality to actors. If you look at like a Christian Bale, which by the way, I think he was right for yelling at that that man on set. I think right. absolutely 100%. 100%. If you're doing a scene, I don't was it a rehearsal or was it a real scene or whatever someone's you're moving ta- around? You're talking about being in, being in an actor's eye line, right? And and like that's that was kind of the issue in this one. Don't listen. Who who's running this show? Who's running who puts a man in, in Christian Bale's eyeline? Why why did that man want to be in Christian Bale's eyeline? That's what I want to know. That would be so intimidating and be like, oh no, let him do his thing. I'm gonna go in a corner and like sulk. Yeah. You know. But yeah, uh crew likes to sneak things while, you know, everybody's trying to do their job yeah. and be sneaky about it. Chips. And it's have... like just hold, just hold, everybody hold <laughs> and let's, you know, yeah. don't stand there because you're literally we can I can see you. You're like, like, yeah. Ugh. We do our best. Indie sets can be complicated for sure. <clears throat> okay, what I was going to say, this is something, yes. I don't know, I just wanted to, that comes up a lot from my supervisor perspective, even for directors too, mm-hmm. on when, when does my action, when does the action of the actor get locked in? Like, when do you start matching? When does, because... <clears throat> When you shoot a scene, mm-hmm. you often shoot it in multiple angles. That's the whole continuity issue, right? So you have, let's say, you start your scene off with a wide, your master shot, and that's kind of, sometimes you'll be in take one of a master and then the director or the actors will have different ideas. I'm like, that didn't feel quite right. We're going to adjust. I'm going to sit down here and I'm going to walk around, whatever. Like the master, I just want to clarify, is the space in which you are allowed to switch up your movements and you are allowed to move because no no yeah i'd rather you not i'd rather you not and that's where we disagree with love with love (laughs) however remember remember that in your master um you're not i mean depending on what it is you're gonna punch in you know after the first beat or whatever when 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 the information is getting hot and heavy you're gonna punch in and you may punch back out. I wouldn't. I wouldn't unless there's a huge technicality or there's like a bus coming by and we got to see that bus. I don't know. but I like the awkward beats and they always play nicely. I like lines, awkward beats but, too. Okay, continue, I like them. Continue. But if you're, if you're doing a, a master and you're like, all right, well, I can, be, I can be big. I'm on stage now and I can you know, move around and like all of this stuff. And then when you cut in for the close up and you're like, a statue. You know what I mean? Well, it's going to look weird. Let me clarify my Please statement. clarify. <laughs> yeah. Clear, clarify it. So I'm, I'm also adding the asterisk of take one we didn't like. Mm. We're not going to use that take. Mm. So we're not going to cut out of that master into the close-ups. This, mm-hmm. is, this is a dead take. I'm not going to circle this one. Oh, just to like let them see, see what they do? Like, yeah, essentially. Like you said, right. I'm going to let the actors do what they do. Okay, take well, that's one. Different. Okay, so take two in the master make some adjustments, okay, they did this, take mm. three, they did the slightly different movements, and then as a script supervisor, I'm keeping specific notes mm. on every take. I'm like, okay, on this one they sat down here, on this one they sat down here. Mm. And then once we move on from the master into the closes, that conversation is had, I'm like, all right, which one are we, which one are is the match take? Wow. And then it's like, all right, well, I didn't like the last one, we're going to go to take three. Mm. And then that's communicated with the actors. They're like, okay, we're going to, so... I see them. So until you cut to another, until you start shooting another angle, you haven't officially been married to movement yet. That's correct. 
So that's, I guess that's my clarification. Because sometimes people will come to me as a script supervisor and they're like, oh, she didn't do the thing. I'm like, well, we're still, we haven't established it yet. We're still, we haven't, this is our first setup on this scene. She mm-hmm. can do whatever she wants because mm-hmm. we're not. So there's there's that there's there's some flexibility in the in in the first oh flexibility is so important yeah. you know I don't like to be married to anything um, with the script just because when in your mind as a writer putting it down on the page you see it a certain way but if Christian Bale comes and he's like <laughs> he's like I really just want to do this on this line I feel that I can trust the actor. If, and if I'm working with the actor, obviously I respect the actor as an actor and I respect their process and they're, they're, not, they're not a bozo, you know. So when they do come to me and they want to they talk about stuff, yeah, I'm going to listen because it's always a collaborative process, 100%. Um, but the story is the, the, the roadmap that we use. And uh, if your movement is going against the story or it's going to be a completely different setting, a, a light setup or a totally different thing and we just don't have time, then it's like, uh, you know, which you decide. You decide which one one you want to do. Um, but yeah, I love I love your the master. Get your master. Have you seen the master? Nope. But is I hear it's good. I hear it's a good movie. The the thing that I don't like, and this is this happens on. Is it Paul Thomas Anderson? <laughs> you don't like Paul Thomas Anderson? I'm not too big. I'm not. I'm not too big on. Really Paul. interesting. It's just, it's just it's the vibes are not. The they vibes. Don't, they don't. They don't resonate. Are there the any vibe. of his movies that you like? Maybe like Young Paul Thomas Anderson, as opposed to Remind like. Remind me titles. Married with Kids, uh, Boogie Nights. Continue. The Master. Uh huh. Magnolia. Uh, I. You know what? It's okay. It's okay. You have a lot of movies to watch. But he's a great example. You know, he's like he's like if Spielberg and, and Scorsese had a child. Is Magnolia the one with the frog rain? Sure he is. Okay, I saw that one. Fuck yeah. Is he the fantastic Mr. Fox? Or is that a different director? That's George Clooney. That is uh I think that's uh the guy with all the symmetrical The other one. The other one. The symmetrical guy. Oh. <clears throat> Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. That's it. That Took me a second. That's all right. Okay, all right. so continuity. Um, I will mention as sorry. I saw a yawn off off stage. Here. Oh, I'm like oh no, we're boring. Oh we're no, oh no, <laughs> this is sleepy time. Um, I will throw. Okay, can we talk? This is a, this is a um demo reels. Mm-hmm. How do What's expected? What what how? I always feel bad for my actor friends that are always scrambling to do the latest and greatest, next trendy demo reel design, mm-hmm. and they're getting yeah they're getting words from casting directors or from I don't know who they who, who they're hearing this from. Mm-hmm. But what's what what are what are what are we really trying to do here with a demo reel? <laughs> Okay, ideally, ideally as an actor, here's what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to have your website, okay? And on that website, you have a section called uh, videos, reels, demos, whatever, scenes. And uh, on that page, you should have your sizzle reel, which is the first thing that they see. Um, what did you call it? Uh, a highlight reel. I like that. That's cool too. Highlight reels. Just, Highlight them? reels okay. are basically a demo reel anyway. Highlight reels. I like that. I'm going to start using that. Well, anyway, you'd have your sizzle 
on there. 59 seconds. Please don't go over a minute with your sizzle reels. Nobody has time. Nobody wants to watch your reel in the first place, and nobody has time. But Suzanne, how can I fit anything to showcase my abilities in a minute? I want to showcase my comedy chops, Mm -hmm. and I want to also show my dramatic tears, Mm -hmm. and I also want to showcase I can ride this horse. 100%. It can be done. Now, if you watch any trailer for any Marvel movie... It hits all of those things and tells you exactly what the movie is and everybody who's important and all the cries and all the things and all the B-roll and everything with sound design and music and all that stuff. You, It makes you want to see the movie, you know? So don't worry so much about the, the, the length of it, but what you want to do with your sizzle reel is you have that up there and then all of the scenes that are in that sizzle should be underneath in their entirety so that you know the sizzle is just getting people interested it's just hooking people which makes them want to go deeper into your website oh this is the the doctor scene this is the lawyer scene this is an action scene oh he's being silly in this scene you know and then you would also have your drama reel your comedy reel your stunt reel whatever whatever it is that you do your voiceover reel all that stuff should be on there but the the general sizzle what i like and what i would suggest to actors um to do Pick your best moments. Don't spend too much or don't give too much emphasis on the other characters unless it's like a very quick, you know, whatever. Or if they're a celebrity. If they're a celebrity, then yeah, you want to get them in there. You want to see, you want to show that you're, you're with a big, a big dog. But what I like to do is start with your best acting first. So you're yelling, you're crying, you're, you're having that, that dramatic moment. And then halfway through a little line that's comedy. Now it's lighthearted. Now it's all comedy. Let's have it go out on a funny note, right? But we did all the important stuff first because no one's going to watch your entire reel. No one's going to do it. And the people who do are hooked and they want to do it. But if you think about casting directors, they're looking at so much stuff all day long. They hate their lives. They're in their cubicle. They don't really care about your four-minute reel. For me, as, as who I am, when an actor sends me a four-minute reel or even like a two-minute, 36-second reel, my heart drops. I'm just like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have two minutes and 36 seconds. But if it's 59 seconds, I'm like, well done. I have less than a minute for you, 100%. And most people don't even give a full minute you know, attention to you. So you always want to put the best stuff at the, fr- at the front of your reel all of your best acting and then you put the comedy the lighthearted stuff at the end um and that does two things it shows your acting and if people drop off then at least they saw the good stuff the dramatic stuff um and then if they do watch it all you made them laugh they feel good about it and it's it's a nice lovely wavy reel and yeah, i just think that it sizzles that's it how cooks. that's how movies end is they always end with like well a lot of movies end with the with the trendy song that starts in the credits. You're like, oh, I had, oh, a, yeah. I had a good time. I had really a good, good time. But you kind of, you know, you <laughs> want it to feel, I, I like calling them like trailers. When I cut reels, I, I want it to be like a full experience for the person. And, uh, you know, everything works together. And it's a it's a full fully formed living, breathing thing. Um, I've, I, I watch a lot of reels. I have a lot of clients, and when they give me their footage, you know, most of the time it's just a very long scene slapped together with a black bar in the middle with another very long scene. And sometimes you don't even know which character, which person is the person. So always start your reel with a big old frame of yourself saying something 
and then you can cut to the other characters. But God, we watched one the other day and I was just like, who's real is this? I have no idea because every single scene the guy was in had multiple people in it and they were all kind of given equal focus. And I was like, I really have no idea until the very end of his reel where it was just him monologuing in Shakespeare. And I was like, all right, well, that's what he looks like, you know, but I was invested in the, in the reel and I watched the whole thing. However, if, if, if it was just a reel that I was watching randomly, I'd be like, I don't know what I'm watching. I'm turning it off. But uh, tips for a good acting reel, keep it under 59 seconds, please. Oh my God. Have all your best stuff at the beginning. And, oh, I would also, I would avoid negative phrasing in your reel, if you can. Like, if if you're just shitting on yourself the entire time in a scene and that's, like, your best acting, then I understand it's all right. But you want to stay away from things where it's like, I know you never loved me. I hate myself. I'm worthless. You know, things like that. I'm sure there's something in there where it's, like, a little bit more positive. Because if, if you're a casting director and you're just watching an entire reel of someone like, I hate my children, I want to die, or like whatever, it's, it's like, okay, well, now I feel bad about myself. And you just, ugh, anyway, yeah. pick your, pick, pick, be nice to yourself in your reel. Great. Sizzle, sizzle plus, plus the specific reels for yeah, different then genres. Yeah, because then your drama reel can be four minutes because then people are like, oh, I, I want to see more let me really dig in. Okay, copy, uh, copy. But the sizzle will, will hook them and then lead them to the, the treasure, which okay. is you. And then uh, this is something that I've encountered more so recently. And I don't know if this has always been the thing or, or what's up. But maybe you can help shed some light on it. And it's called... When, when <clears throat> say, as a director, mm. who's also the producer... Because you do that, you do you, you 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 yeah. You cast actors to act for you, and then you complete the project. You, ideally, you share the project file with them so they can chop out their bits. So I don't know how you handle getting actors their materials, mm -hmm. but sometimes I've given actors their materials and then they'll respond with, "Actually, this is great, but c is there a chance I could get the raw? Can I get the raw files?" And I like that. And you like that question. I like that. Okay. Because then the thing the thing that always bugs me about um, actors, some actors, is that they have this very, like, please, sir, can I have some more? I'm worthless. Oh, God, no. And what I, what I love, why I love that is because the actor was like, actually, I do some editing myself. And uh, I'm I'm a producer for my own acting career, and I'm taking charge, and I'm I'm stepping outside of the thing, and yeah, give me the raw footage because then I can cut it to my taste and exactly what I want on their reel, and I think that's great. I love that. Um, but some some directors would be like, no, it's like my art. I can't give my Picasso to you because it's mine. You know, like I I think. You want to help the actor market themselves. You want to help them get cast. You want to help further along their career. And if they're asking for the raw footage, you can decide which raw footage to give them. You don't have to give them everything. You know, you don't want to give them so much that they can, like, make the movie behind your back. You know, you don't want to do that. But if, if they want their all the takes of their, their cool monologue and they want to see all of it, hell yeah, I would color correct it first before you send it to them because that's, oh my God. And that's the thing that worries Sound and color. me. Yeah, because that's the... That so they want, they want no color and they want no sound well, or just, they just want the takes? Well, 
that's why I'm like, do the actors know what they're even asking for here? Because, because yeah, would let's color corrected. Yeah, because there's there's already limited there's limited budget here. You know, Mm. the colorist already did their work on the on the finished edit here. Oh well, see, like I I do the color myself and all the sound, so it's like to me to me an actor telling me that it's just like oh yeah, I'll do that over coffee and I'll send that to you. But if you're if you're on a huge budget and all and you've got all the people for all those jobs and everything, then then yeah, it becomes a little bit more like you're gonna get what I give you because there's there's more technical things going on than than you're aware of. But yeah, because then if I let's just if I sent over the raw sound, you know, there's all the different channels. There's Mm -hmm. The boom and the loms mm-hmm. and are they gonna know? How, are, I can, and then I'm like, uh, who cares? Who cares? Let I, them deal with. There, there you I go. Care. There you I go. Care. Have fun. Okay. Have fun making that work. Yeah, do but it. I do. I do understand the benefit of the raw, like you said, mm-hmm. um, especially because in the in the finished movie, yeah, we 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 shorten it. We. We're cutting to the other actors' coverage a lot mm-hmm. while while you're talking because mm-hmm. we want to get their reactions. So yep. you, you want it. You want to clean you. Mm-hmm. And I would also give them um, the listening shot of the other actor so they can cut back and forth to it. You know, I would give them uh, all of the the tools that they need in order to cut that scene together because yeah, they're not going to like an entire take all the way through. They're probably going to be like, well, I like the first half of this line, but I'd like the second half of it on that other take and you might want to cut it. And if you have the, the, the cutaway to the other actor, that makes it so much easier to, to cut all those pieces together. So, yeah, I mean, I like that actors are asking for their footage. Please do. Yeah, and that's been a newer thing. So I'm like, wait a second. Huh? <laughs> what? what I know, but everybody's an editor what? these days. Everybody's doing everything. It's never been easier for actors to just shoot stuff, you know, and uh, I think a lot of actors have a cap on their imagination of what they're able to do. It's like everybody has a camera. I mean, your phone, your phone is such a great camera. camera. Oh my, damn that phone. Oh, but it's true. But if you're in a pinch, if you're in a pinch and you're just like, I, I, I got a bug up my butt. I want to go into the forest and like shoot a fun, like experimental film or what, please do, please do. And like, go find your friend and just start making stuff. You know, who cares if the sound is shitty or whatever, just like make things. Cause a lot of actors that I talk to, they don't have reels at all. They have no footage and they haven't been cast in anything. And they're, they're like, how do I get a reel? if I haven't been in anything and how do I get in anything if I don't have a reel? And it's like, you shoot, make it work. Shoot something. Yeah. You make it work. You, you, you go on the Facebook, you say, Hey, are any of my friends here filmmakers? Anyone want to make a thing? Or like, you know, like everybody, even it's LA, be- you even, guys. Even better than that. Everybody. You reach out to people that you do know who are actors. Yeah. And you tell them you really like them mm-hmm. and that you would love to, shoot a thing with them and oh well yeah as a filmmaker i could do that but as like an actor an actor looking to shoot something uh you you gotta you gotta make it work everybody has a camera and there's so many companies and things and production people that will take your money and make a reel for you uh and you can do that but you could also just do it you could just do it yourself yeah it's gonna be shitty but you're gonna learn you're gonna learn so much hundred percent by being the by being a director and putting yourself on camera and then being able to look back at it and and you're gonna you're gonna see like oh man i use my hands too much i i talk too fast i do this one and then you start learning yourself learning these things which i I think is so helpful i guess i guess my my thought tip yeah was the way to this is okay my if you have nothing and you're trying to make something 
the thing that I usually like to lean on is get some of that weight off of you by yeah like uh, you're I don't, you're kind of implying it you didn't, you didn't really say it but the well, what did i what was the, i gonna say no no what was no, I implying? no what i'm implying mm-hmm. is to work with people who, who are that, like i said that you already know that are also striving striving for a similar thing that are that have some investment in you i think that's usually helpful to get something off the ground absolutely um versus uh yeah because most can, actors don't even think that they can do that. They're like, I don't, I don't know well, how to do that. Coordinating is very hard. Getting people to show up and commit is super hard. Absolutely. So that's like a skill on its own. But yeah, develop that skill and get better at getting people to show up. You got to start whole, somewhere. Yeah. You have to, and you also have to be motivated. I work with, um, well, some actors that I've worked with. You you couldn't you couldn't get them to come and shoot something, you know? Oh, I don't have a car. Oh, I'm sick. I'm this, I'm that. Hey, Suzanne, I'm not booking anything. I wonder why. I wonder why you're not booking anything. Like, oh my God, you have to always just be ready to to jump in the shark tank and just learn how to swim, 100%. And that drive, that motivation, the intention to get something done is so important to acting like I've worked with a lot of actors who don't even know how to act but they're really good at like the administrative part of it they 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 call the agents they've got the headshot they've got the reels and all of this stuff and they do really well and they're shit actors yeah, you know they're but showing they're, up yeah. they're showing up showing up is most of it you know and then you've got really brilliant actors who are like mm, I don't feel like it today and it's like well I'm gonna work with the shitty guy because he answered my <laughs> email you know and so sometimes it's like that oh anyway yeah okay there's that next I wanna so we're talking a little bit we weren't talking you were talking in one of your videos about prepping for action mm-hmm. action as in the word that the director says to start acting yes I've heard different sets where directors say go. I've heard <laughs> different sets where directors say act. Oh, go. But I don't go. I don't like it. <laughs> and uh, go. It's like a pig race. And act. <laughs> pig race. Yeah, yeah you know, where you just go and then you open up the floodgates and they just. You've, <laughs> yeah, see, you've yeah, seen yeah. that. You've seen it. Everyone's seen a pig uh, race, right? Yeah. Wow. I've seen that. Uh, what did I want to. Uh, thoughts? Okay. How much. Because, like, you like to talk about the fundamentals. Thoughts on keeping focus on set or uh, where to have your focus be or what? Because, again, an actor, the whole goal is get 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 me on set. But then they're there and they don't know some 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 of, some of the things. Okay. So, because you could be tempted, especially if, let's say, if it's a comedy or something, like you're you're here essentially entertaining the crew. Or you you could you could get you could get a little bit sidetracked mm-hmm. with, oh, like I need to be like talking to people and I want to be like I want to be funny and I want to you know I got to be enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I can see. So where uh, focusing on set? What's your what what are your thoughts to? Oh, I have or, a story about this. Okay, great. And I won't call out anybody because. Well, it's not polite, but uh, I was on set working with the same actor, uh, however, a month ago, and um, I was just watching the different actors, and we had an actor on set who was who was kind of a celebrity, actually, and it was like, oh, that's that guy. Very cool. Very cool. And it was interesting to see his process, because between takes, 
He was all by himself in a corner, quiet, calm, reading his script. That's it. And no phone, no nothing, just with himself going over the script, making his notes, doing all of that good stuff. And then, uh, huge props to him, and then I go in the crafty room and one of, one of the other actors who is not a celebrity was on his phone playing Pokemon Go and uh, just, just sitting, hanging, and watching. It was very interesting to see their two performances based on their, their, their preparation. The one guy, the celebrity guy, fucking killed it. He killed it and he did multiple takes. They were all different every time except the blocking was always the same, which I adore, which I adore. Consistency, continuity was there. However, the intentions, the emotions, what he wanted in that scene was changing in just the perfect ways. He just, he knew exactly how far to go too far. The other actor, when he had this very complicated uh, kind of just telling telling people what to do, like he had done it, you know, his whole life and it was just, he, he was the boss and he had said this line a million times and all that stuff. But we needed to believe that he had actually, uh, you know, been this person for a long time, saying these lines over and over again. When he got up there, they called action. He got tongue-tied. All right, reset, everybody, reset. Da -da 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 -da. Okay, rolling, camera, da -da -da. action, tongue-tied again. He did this probably like 12 times in different versions of it, you know, just forgetting his lines and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go. That's why you don't do that. That's why in between takes and all of that good stuff, you want to just go back to what the most important thing is, which is the script, the story. What are you doing? Go explore your script, please. Um, this, this thing of like entertaining the room, even if it is a comedy, don't play a comedy like a comedy because then you're, you're telling the audience like how to feel about stuff. My favorite comedy is the like super deadpan, dry situational comedy where it's like, that's funny. Why? Because it's real. It's not, you know, like the, the Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura kind of comedy isn't going to fly these days. You know, we've evolved and I love Jim Carrey. Oh my God. Yeah. I love him to death. And so does everybody else. But no one's going to be the next Jim Carrey because there's already a Jim Carrey. There's already a Robin Williams. But you look at these two actors and they've made that switch to being dramatic and they just set fire to everything. They're so good, but it's very different. They, they realize, okay, I'm in one hour photo. I'm like a psycho. Robin Williams, have you seen one hour photo? Nope. I'll add it to the list. I'm in Fisher King. I'm, have you seen Fisher King? I've seen uh, the one where he's a therapist to uh, uh, Matt. Goodwill Hunting. Uh, yeah, I've seen that All one. All right. Hell yeah. That was a good one. Fuck yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Uh, Ace Ventura. So all this slapsticky stuff and everything, that's very funny to, to an audience in the 90s. Just as... Uh, I loved it. I, so did I. 100%. have seen it more times than I want to admit. But like um, The Three Stooges, that type of comedy, it doesn't really work for a modern American audience. If you go uh, to, to France or you know the China market, stuff like that where it's very physical is very popular because there's the language barrier. And when you see a guy making like a smiley face or whatever, you know exactly what's going on. But if you've got like an Aubrey Plaza being like, I'm very happy right now, you know, they wouldn't really know what's going on. So there's different types of comedy. And, and I always just like playing it as real and as close to the best as humanly possible. Nobody wants to see you entertain anybody. You know, you're supposed to be a character in a story, in a situation. Um, but entertaining the room is a huge no-no. Huge no-no. And it's like, yeah, I understand. We're all insane, first of all. We're all like putting on outfits and saying lines that are written down and pretending and doing all this stuff. And it's insane. It's crazy. 
Um, but if you don't believe it, then the audience is not going to believe it. And you have to be just so based in reality, forget the camera, forget about, oh, did this line make people laugh? No one should be laughing when the take is going on. Audio, like what do you, like nobody should be doing anything except just being quiet and calm and letting the actor do their thing. And uh, if you're trying to make the camera guy uh, laugh, it's a terrible idea. Terrible. Camera's gonna go like this all of a sudden. You've seen that. Yeah. You've seen that, especially yeah. handheld, anyway. I've seen directors crack up too during stuff and I'm like, you just ruined the take. You just ruined everything. <laughs> Bob, thank you. Okay, and so the, I assume that goes in line with, like you said, the Pokemon Go prep isn't ideal. Uh, that is probably, I'm assuming, in line with talking to the scene partner and just kind of just kind of shooting. If you um, have time to talk to anybody on like set, up, like up until, okay. you should be talking to your scene partner running the scene. You should be running the scene up until um, you shoot it. If if that person isn't in a scene that they're shooting, you know, at that moment, which sometimes they are, and then you're just like by yourself, and then it's like, okay, now we're shooting it, and you didn't have any time to talk to them. Because I see actors just hanging out up until the point. They're they're talking over the slate. They're just they're just it's like all right. No, they don't they don't hear when they're called. The That's set. script guy behavior. You're not a grip man. Don't do that. You're an actor. You're professional. Yeah, you were so. hired for a purpose, and you're not. It's yes. Be a good hang. Be somebody on set where if somebody speaks to you, you know you build rapport. You know you're not you're not a dick. You know be able to be spoken to. Um, and if you're not, then go find a corner, go hang out in your car or your trailer or wherever and be by yourself and have your process. But, uh, I would really rather see if you're going to be in a scene with a partner, I'd love, I love seeing them in a corner talking about the scene. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. What if I did this? What if I say it this way? Don't What's direct, it? don't direct each other. I love it. I mean, you know, don't yeah. direct each other, but. But no, the, the questions like you're like, asking were great. Those are great questions. Well, yeah, you don't you don't want to take control over someone else's scene. You like, want to like be, what I think you should be doing in this scene. Like, you is that how you're gonna do it? Is that <laughs> how you're gonna do it? You know, I mean, there's a balance. You always want to be respectful because you know you have your process and I have my process, and like we're just the process is figuring out your process as a team in preparation for that thing, um, and it's always the story. But please don't play Pokemon Go in, at the crafty room if you have a big monologue coming up. What was he doing? Why yeah. wasn't he rehearsed? Why he, didn't he know it like the back of his hand? Why? Because he didn't care. He's like, I got it. I got it. Those actors scare me. Not enough fear in those actors. Yeah, and then and then I guess I'll just say it too is be. I mean, ideally, you're keeping your ears your ears open and been you're ready to for 100%. to be called out and yeah, because that's that's something that gets on my nerves when when. You know, I'm I'm a quieter guy. I'm a, I'm quieter. I'm I'm a quieter person. I don't know if people know this, but it is upsetting when I'm trying to speak and and uh, and it's not being heard. And it's like, all right, well now I gotta come in here and okay, now let's let's go do the thing, mm -hmm. and then. Uh, That's all right, but you know what? It's it's good in a way, just because when. When you get on a movie set and the magic of it and the smell of the lights and the and I mean everything is so lovely yeah. and great and if you can you're you're all like-minded people on a set the natural inclination as human beings who are very social creatures is to 
talk and hang and chill and yeah. you know talk about oh can't eat that no, at the crafty sure, table sure. you know, I, can't I, guess, do that. I guess let me preface the story continues yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah i guess that that's not the biggest the biggest thing is when that when it's it's like all right let's come to set and then the talking starts all over again and then they don't hear a second time like mm-hmm. that that's i guess that's more the annoying you got to be louder honey you got to yell at them no, no, you, no. yes 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 you have to you have to you have to take command of your army you know, if you start, and that happens all the time in class, you know, the kids get so chatty because they're excited and they're talking about the thing. And it's like, no, give us a little bit more rehearsal. Give us a little bit more. We need more time. We need more time. And it's like, you know what? Go for it. Have your time. I'm going to go have a beverage and go potty and like redo my lipstick, you know, take a moment. Um, but if you're on set and it's like, yeah, crack the whip, like Indiana Jones. You've seen uh, Indiana Jones, right? Yes. Thank God. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, I guess it's more of like there's a there's a self awareness of the process. Mm-hmm. This is kind of how I diagnose certain situations, but but for sure, yeah. But an actor should be respectful as well. You know, well, they should be. Yeah, but crew should be respectful back to the mm-hmm. actor because I know actors oftentimes will get called to set. They'll be standing there and they'll be like. Nobody's told me anything is happening here. What's what are we shooting? But that happens all the time. That <laughs> and, happens. And they'll be like, "Hey, what am I doing?" And then nobody acknowledges their existence for another two minutes, and they're just like, left to. Well, left I should to. go sit down and read my script again, make some more <laughs> notes. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, I think all phones should be taken away immediately when you when you get to set. Phones are the death of mm-hmm. of, of filmmaking these days. I swear, because everybody's on their phones. They're all doing the Pokemon Go and all that stuff. No, no. You play Pokemon Go, don't you? I don't. I don't play Pokemon Go. All right. Go. You know, with, it's just, with it's love, just funny. It's no just judgment, funny. no judgment, but very, very much judgmental about it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Great. So we're we're nearing winding down here. I'm trying okay. to figure out what <clears throat> to wind down on. What to wind down on? Um. Let's see. I guess. I'll, I'll, this hopefully is a simple question, but what causes uh, overacting? Mm-hmm. And that's just, I'm curious about the overacting stuff and how to, how to prevent that. Well, some, some, there's lots of factors into why actors overact. Uh, entertaining the room, having that kind of thing is, is, is a big one. Uh, they're not focused on the scene. They're focused on entertaining um, the people around them, and that's all right. But it, it, we see it as an editor. I see it in your eyes. I know that that you actually have an an, an invisible point of focus to somebody over there, and you're just like, I hope Bob heard that one. I hope he heard it. I hope it was good. I hope he laughed. Let me check in with them. Nope. Okay. And uh, so that would that would cause overacting. Also, being in a um, as actors, you have to be very specific about what type of acting you want to do because the training for uh, theater actors and film actors are very different. And on stage, you have to project, you have to entertain, you have to be heard, you have to use your mannerisms and your face and all of the stuff that you're doing to communicate physically to the audience who are hundreds of feet away uh, what you're meaning and what you're saying. Um, on camera, everything is so small. The camera is right here. 
she she sees everything. So uh, when you go into an acting class and, and the intention is to be on a stage and it's very theatrical and all of that stuff, that causes overacting um, because there's not a, more of a respect for the camera in those classes. It's it's more of the the, the dialogue, the lines, the the spectacle of having a scene, you know, in class and and there's a stage and there's there's an audience and all of that stuff. It kind of breeds that theatricality in actors so that when they do get on set, they're just like, oh, I'm the best actor in my acting class they love it when I do this and it's like oh okay you're this is your first time on a movie set I understand that's okay let's do less and less and then don't do anything and then that's when that's when nirvana happens because then they stop overthinking it so much um but I think they're just thinking about the wrong things and it's always just like where am I going to stand? What am I going to do with my hair? Oh, my! the tag in the back of my shirt's poking me. Oh, God. And then they yeah. completely forget about yeah. the story. How are, they, how, are they, how are they going to know if I'm thinking about my, my yeah. divorced parents if I don't make this face? Just have a thought. Just have a thought. I hate faces, uh, making faces on camera. Uh, it's, it's an old... It's an old acting technique that stems from theater and no, no big movie star is going to do that. If you watch any... Oscar contender movie modern and you turn the sound off and you watch the actors you are going to see how very little they move and the reason why they do that is so that when they do move it's for a purpose and we understand oh he just sat down what does that mean but if you're sitting down and standing up all of the time then it's like well that's it's not it's not interesting it's not it's not important and it's not so much not moving around it's moving around at the right time and that's what I like so much um, but overacting also, uh, not knowing how to break down your script. When actors are learning their lines, they're memorizing them, which I think memorization is the killer of good acting because you're not supposed to memorize, uh, you know, like it's, they start sounding, sounding like they're reading the back of a shampoo bottle. You know, it's, it's, there's nothing attached to it. They've, they're trying to cram all of these words into their brain with no story to help them remember why the hell they're there. So definitely learning text analysis and, and becoming a little bit of a, having more of a writer's brain, I think will really help tackle overacting because then you're acting for the right reasons. You know exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it. But so many actors are like, how am I going to do this? And the, the how is not interesting. The why is interesting. And what I always tell my students is if you don't know what to do, just think about your character. What, what's he thinking? What, you, this is the situation you're in. Why is, why is my partner saying this? Why is he looking that way? And, and just the, the eyeballs of somebody having a thought are so compelling. It doesn't matter. I wonder what I'm going to order at, at Sonic Burger when I get off right now. I just, maybe I'm going to get a shake. Maybe I'm going to, I don't know what I, just think anything, you know? I mean, don't think anything. Just think what your character is. But if you've made the roadmap for yourself, if you've written down all your intentions and the emotions that you're dealing with and your obstacles and what the hell you want, then you can just go back to your, your, your memory on your script and be like, to attack. This was the to attack beat. I'm going, I'm attacking someone right now. I can think about how to attack somebody. How would I attack this person? And just working with yourself in that process, just thinking those thoughts will create eyeballs that me as an editor can actually make something with. But if you're giving up on yourself and all that stuff, then ugh. You ever have actors cut themselves on set? Can we cut? Can we do another one? Can we do, have you ever, oh my God, boils my blood. I, I'm sure I have. Terrible. Luckily, it hasn't not been a thing. Please as don't do way. that. Yeah. Please don't do that. And what I find is, if you actually work through it, and uh, 
let's say you drop your line, you don't know what your line is. If you just sit there for a second and really think about it, we're going to get a great close-up of you looking so compelling. Yeah, I've, I've seen actors beg for the cut without saying they're begging for the cut. Oh, interesting. Could, they, like, like, they, they just, a wink or something? Like, like well, they're searching for the line, mm-hmm. but they're not, they're not saying that. Uh, they've just been hammered with so many notes up to that point or whatever mm-hmm. that they just like st- stumped. And I'm, my thought, if I was the director, I'd be like, all right, well, we need to, uh, th- we just need to resort this out. Just say, just say cut. Mm. <laughs> but some, they'll. Do they say, ever say yeah. line, line? Well, yeah, I'm screwed. Hell yeah. yeah and line that's another day. thing. If you're going to ask for your line as an actor, stay in character. Stay in character. Don't like, you're having this nice scene, you forget your line, and then don't go like, shucks god damn it line you know don't don't get out of the thing just nice and quiet yeah, nice and quiet you're in your scene da, 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 line just say mm. say the thing and then absorb it take a moment and then say your yeah shit. but i always i'm a big fan of your emphasis on the uh, the eyeballs i know that's oh, that's that's it's when, when i'm watching stuff and i'm watching actors act like i'm staring at the eyes that's like that's everything absolutely and then i can tell like <laughs> my biggest actor pet peeve is like when they're not using their eyes and they're just i'm like nobody stares at their like nobody stares at the person they're in conversation with like that focus like they're right. just they're just locked in their eyes mm. don't go anywhere else I'm like why are you staring at well it's easy for me the editor you know it's very easy because then I'll, I'll cut away. If it's, I'll cut away. I'll cut back to the other person. You know, like, don't worry about that. Don't worry about where to put your eyeballs so much. The thing is, is it's a nice, it's a nice standard because I can use that. All right. Now, if you want to look away, you want to do stuff, put it in your script on this line. When Bob says this line, I'm going to take that in. I'm going to sure. look over here. Think about something. Think about the thing, but it has to be attached to something that's in the script. It has to. Well, there needs to be a purpose. Yeah, because normally it. characters are thinking a lot during the scenes, like you're saying. Of like they're like, what, like even they're thinking about what they're gonna say, or they're like, eyes don't normally. I don't normally just stay on you while I'm talking no. and think of whatever. Like I'm, like my eyes go up. I get nervous. Hundred like percent. All the stuff. So but you're like, a real person, and what happens to you in real life is not being recorded. Hundred percent. Now on stage. You can have your eyeballs all over the place. You can you can just, you know, take a dump right in the middle of the stage. Nobody will care. They'll call it art. It's fine. However, on screen, I'm only pointing the camera at is at what is the focus of of what I'm telling you. And if if every take you're going to do something weird with your eyes and do all this stuff and it's not something that is is consistent or lives in a in that world, then it makes it a little bit more different difficult for me. But what I would say that if, if you really want to be doing something with your with your eyeballs and your movements and all that stuff, you gotta block it out and just cement yourself in the blocking of what you're doing, and then everything else will flow after that. Um, but I, I definitely would just kind of train yourself to have a very precise point of focus. And when your partner says something or there's a, a beat is dropped or some information is dropped then yeah, you can do something with your eyes and then go into the next stage of your precise eye line, you yeah, know, and it's yeah. totally fine. Oh, I, I agree 100%. It's fine. Yes. Have those thoughts continuing to move and your eyes will do the acting. 100%. It's lovely. <sighs> okay, great. <laughs> All right. So I just, I'm, I guess, kind of pseudo, pseudo lastly, I don't know mm-hmm. what pseudo lastly means, but right. kind of last. Mm-hmm. You wear a lot of hats. I do. What's the just what's the what's the the hat that I like best? The, what's the dream? The dream. 
Oh, honey, I'm living the dream right now. You know, everybody says you have to do one thing and focus on it. And that's, uh, that's, that's fine. That's fine. But I have my studio. I have my students. I have the movies that we're making. I'm producing. We're writing. And it's just one giant creative heartbeat, this, this place and what we do. And that's been the dream for as long as I can remember. I'm doing it. Um, so I'm very, I'm very proud about that. It's really nice. Um, Congratulations. I, gotta, I have to not get a big head about it, but it's like, this is my soul, what yeah. I'm doing every day. Um, but yeah, uh, eventually I would like to parlay what, we, what we're doing here on kind of a, a small independent scale and translate that into something that could hit more people, you know, get get more funding for the big projects. And we've got some sci-fi stuff with VFX coming up and things. And it's like, we got to start the funding for that. Good Lord. And, you know, the bigger the sets get, the more complications there are, the more responsibility and all of that stuff. So I'm, I'm, I would definitely love to take on more responsibility. Yeah. So I guess, so living the dream. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming like being able to mix it up is a part of the dream. Oh yeah. Cause I love, I love directing. I love talking to actors. Um, I love acting. You know, I'm not an actor anymore, but I love. You're coming up. You said you're going to act in a, you know. I know, but it's like, that's, that's my friend, like, uh, pulling my leg, making me do it. It's like, you have to do this. It's like, all right, fine. Um, but I love working with actors. I love writing. I love the script. I love points of focus. I love talking about a beat change. I love the camera. I love cinematography, lighting. I love it. I mean, I'm running around here all the time, you know, just being a grip man myself. And I love it. It's so much like I love making movies and it doesn't matter what role I have in it. Um, here at the studio, I get to wear all the hats, but I do get hired to just direct or just do the camera or just write something. And I, I love all of that too, but my, my soul is here at the studio and, and what we do. And so that is, that is the dream. Love it. Love it. Wow, it's a Thanks. beautiful. It's beautiful. Thanks. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Um, that's, I think, I think. Aren't you going to like ask me my favorite color or anything like that? Like throw in a spicy one. When I would do interviews at AFM or whatever, I'd go and I'd, and I'd ask all these like really technical questions and then I'd be like, so what's your favorite ice cream flavor? And like nine times out of 10 people would just be like, what? I've never really thought about it. It's like, it's so weird to get asked that question when it's kind of like inappropriate, like at a big function. Yeah, no, thing. that sounds nice. Yeah, because they're going through, they're going through the mill of, um, yeah. what's the, what's the, what's the thing? What's it called? The routine? No, no, no. Like in post when you're when you're doing the circuit and some sort of like uh, oh yeah oh like the press the press, press junk press junkets or, yes yeah. yes yeah they're being asked the same questions over and over again mm -hmm. for days on end then having the mix up of yeah some people get nice. pissed off too they're just like it's not important are we done here goodbye <laughs> you know you like you never want that to happen but anyway yeah I um, don't I, I haven't really had the urge to ask those wacky questions but right. well then I'll just tell you um so my favorite ice cream flavor I would say oh black walnut ice cream you ever had that they used to have it at thrifties which is now called Rite Aid and uh pistachio ice cream favorite color is green although I've been wearing a lot of pink these days not today they still have that ice cream at yeah Rite Aid still yeah the little the... thrifty section okay. I've heard good things thrifty. about thrifty oh it's I'm, awesome I'm a big ice cream sweet tooth guy hell yeah I've never had it what's your favorite Ice cream. I, I go towards uh, cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. Cookie dough. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you go a little bit crazy and you get the chocolate with the cookies and cream and cookie dough all in there with Whoa. the fudge, with the chocolate fudge. That's a chunks. great mix. Hell yeah. Yeah. You ever go to Cold Stone? 
They're always putting stuff in there. Yeah, I've been around. I've been, I've in been there. around. I've been in there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. All right. Well. A pink. Okay. Pink's good. What about you? You're wearing black today. I like these. I like this color. So this is very, I'm very set friendly garb today. Very kind of like tactical. Like you're yeah. the tactical director yeah. on set today. This yes, is our correct. military expert kind of a guy. You know, military on the down low. Yeah, I wanna, like it. Yeah, you want to be ready for action. The readiness is all, as Shakespeare um, would say. What was the question? Color? Color. As a kid, I picked out red. Mm-hmm. Good one. And so I still call and it my favorite stuck color. with that. Okay. Yeah, that's, you know. that's an interesting way to put it. <laughs> I like you it. Know, you know, you pick, you pick it, but yeah. you don't, I haven't reassessed it. I wear a lot of orange. These You I have got. a lot of movies to watch and you have a lot of, you know, Thinking about okay, color what's stuff. The, out of all the movies you mentioned, which one, if you remember any of the ones you mentioned at all. I absolutely do. Is at the top of the list for what I should, what I should, is like out of, yeah, what's high, mean, highest, highest recommended. I think, well, we talked about PTA a lot and I would say that if you're going to. Licorice pizza, right? I wasn't a huge fan of licorice pizza. There's good things in licorice pizza. There's good vignettes in there. I thought on the whole, I was becoming quite bored of it. However, there would be a scene, like the scene with Tom Waits. You saw it, right? Oh my God. That whole sequence was just pure joy. Love seeing him on 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 set. I love him so much. If I was going to recommend a movie for you to watch um, that I mentioned, I'd watch Magnolia. Magnolia. Well, that, that's the one I have seen. Oh fuck! I would watch The Master. Okay. The Master's very good, um, but it's interesting to see Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, like transition. Like Boogie Nights is 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 kind of very theatrical and exciting, and the porn industry in the seventies and all this stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a fun movie, and it moves fast. The Master is very slow and it, it, it requests the audience to just sit in their feelings and the situation and it's it's not off like a rocket like Boogie Nights is. You really, uh, but you know, with the character and everything, it's about um, uh, the L. Ron Hubbard kind of, a, kind of a guy. It's not, it's not really about him, but it's like the character is based off of him and, and Scientology and, and that whole world. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting to see. And then you've got, uh, you've got, uh, oh, what's yeah. the, what's the big, who's the actor in that? The, 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 uh, Philip, oh. Philip, you have Philip Seymour Hoffman in there. Oh my God. He is so magnificent. And then Joaquin Phoenix, and these are two very different actors with two very different processes. And there's a scene when they're in the jail cell and Joaquin Phoenix, he was just feeling inspired and he just like starts ripping the cell to shreds and like kicking the toilet and doing all this stuff. What does what does Philip Seymour Hoffman do? He just leans on the thing and he just looks at him. None of that was planned. He was not supposed to do any of that, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, he just sounds, he felt inspired. Right, they yeah. left it, they left the camera on, they were just doing it. But there's one little point of focus from uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman over to the camera crew, but it's so subtle. He's just like, Is everything all right, Paul? All right going back but it's like that scene wouldn't have worked and it wouldn't have been in the movie if, if Paul Tom or if uh Philip Seymour Hoffman was just like this is bullshit he's not that's not in the script that's not how we do things what's going on I'm scared for my life so like being able just to stay in it and be calm and just put your f- point of focus exactly where it needs to be so awesome that's a great movie oh my god and then you've got Amy Adams in there too holding it down poor thing oh Oh, you just go on and on. Yeah, that actually, yeah, that, I'm, I'm reminded now that that is 
high up on my list currently. I yes. have a I have a co-writer who brought that up. Is like Hell we yeah. should we wanted to kind of introduce some culty stuff, and it was like, well, what's a good movie that has some mm-hmm. cult themes? Oh, and, and if you like documentaries, watch The Source Family. Which is awesome, which was like this cult in the 70s in L.A. And this man, and he would like cook steaks on his hands and be like, I cooked a steak on my hand. My hand is so warm. And people were like, oh, my God, all this stuff. But anyway. The, the Source Family? The Source Family. It's a great one. They had a, they had a restaurant um, on Sunset uh, called The Source, I believe. And my mom used to go there, and they would have like vegan stuff and just like raw salads and things. And it was kind of hippy dippy at the time. And uh, anyway, she loved it because she's hippy dippy. But anyway, that's a great one for for like cult stuff. The Source family. Noted. Noted. Hmm. Okay, last question. Ooh. This is the simple one for those that want to, you know, follow 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 you or or the or the studio mm-hmm. where can people find the things mm-hmm. oh well i'm on i'm on all the things all all of the things the the facebooks the instagrams tiktoks uh youtube uh imdb uh general email also we have a website lachossstudio.com you can find me just through my name suzanne lachoss i'm up there you just google me and yeah yeah, that should bring up all the stuff, It right? really should. Yeah. It really should. Copy-paste my name into your browser and find me. Or don't, and have a wonderful life regardless. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Well, that's the show. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks for, thanks for being down and all, all of that. Thank you for watching. Make sure you subscribe. subscribe. Leave a like. Leave a comment, perhaps. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. And uh, and that's it. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.